welcome to This Week in Video Games, episode 11. My name's Tom Kershaw, and this is a podcast all about the world of video games. So this week, we'll get into EGX Resed, a London-based video game event held on the 4th till the 6th of April. I'll get into how I got on, and we've got some interviews from developers, including Media Molecule and Chucklefish. We'll also get into the news this week, the all-platform charts, and what to expect next week. If you want to get involved in the show, email us on podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com or check out the latest on the website. Send in your questions, comments and video game stories. We're always interested in hearing from you. We're also available on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube and Instagram. So search This Week in Video Games on your favourite platform and join in the conversation. Welcome to the show, everyone. I hope you're well and you're having a good week. I Yeah, I'm all good this week. Um, I've been travelling again all over the place. I've been up to Glasgow this week for a few days uh, where I did a talk on Wednesday night and then came back to London um, this weekend for EGX Resed, uh, which is a video, a video game event held in London. Uh, that was really good fun and we'll get into that in a bit more detail uh, as the episode goes on. We've got some really exciting interviews coming up with developers that I met on the show floor. Some uh, We've got some big names, we've got some small indie developers as well. So yeah, really, really good fun and uh, thanks to everyone who uh, spoke to me. So thank you so much for taking the time to download or stream This Week in Video Games. I really do appreciate every listen that we get and for you to take the time out of your week to hang out with me and uh, talk about video games. Right, so let's get into what I've been playing this week. So this week, as I say, I've been travelling again quite a lot, so I've been playing my Nintendo Switch on my travels. Um, so I've been playing Final Fantasy VII, which uh, came out recently on the Nintendo Switch. And I hadn't played Final Fantasy VII before, um, so I got into that. That was really, really good. I've been playing The Division Two as well, making a bit more progress. And a little spoiler for next week, we're going to look into the evolution of Looter Shooter games. That's really, really exciting. So I've been brushing up on my Division 2 skills and uh, trying to make my way through the campaign there and uh, levelling up my character. So that's been going really well. And also, we've been continuing the Game of Thrones board game as well. So this week, as I've been travelling, I've been playing a few games on my Nintendo Switch. So I bought Final Fantasy VII which came out last week, and that is absolutely fantastic. Uh, We're going to get into that in the coming weeks where we have a look at the history of Final Fantasy VII, but so far I'm really enjoying it. My experience with Final Fantasy games um, isn't that great. I played through Final Fantasy VI when the SNES Classic came out, Uh, so yeah, I'm getting into Final Fantasy VII and really enjoying it so far. It's the first kind of foray into kind of 3D graphics. Uh, I think it came out on the PlayStation 1 originally and it's had subsequent remakes. But yeah, the game on Nintendo Switch is really, really good fun. And if you like Final Fantasy games, I really recommend picking this one up. It's a classic JRPG and uh, yeah, it's bound to give you hours of entertainment. So check it out. I've also been playing through the Division 2 as well. I've been continuing to level up my character and I'm doing a lot of side missions at the minute and making my way through the campaign. And in the coming weeks, we're going to have a look at the evolution of Looter Shooter games. So I decided to go back to the Division 2, make my way through the game uh, as far as I can um, before we have a look at the the evolution of Looter Shooters. So that's really exciting. That should be coming out uh, next week, but I'll keep you posted on that. And we've been continuing the uh, playthrough of the Game of Thrones board game this week. So just a little recap, I'm Greyjoy. Uh, I've got four castles now, um, but I'm facing battles on a few fronts. Uh, I'm, I'm currently battling the Starks, who look well positioned to kind of take me out. I'm bottom of the tracks of influence, so I haven't got much room to manoeuvre in my battles, and I've run out of most of my good cards. I managed to move my ships out into the seas, um, to unleash the Greyjoy Navy, but I'm not sure if it's really looking good for the Greyjoys for the rest of the game, but I'll, uh, I'll keep you posted on progress in the coming weeks. So that's what I've been playing this week, but another um, fantastic thing this week, I managed to um, take some time out and go down to EGX Resed, which is a video games event held here in East London. So I went down there, spoke to as many people as I could, and uh, let's get into it.
So EGX Red is a video games event that showcases games, we've got developers behind the games, playable early access and loads of talks as well. Uh, the talks include behind the scenes and games development, demystifying the process and quite a lot of careers advice as well. So there's loads of indie developers there and they were showcasing their games and many of them were kind of juggling audience members uh, wanting to play their games and loads of interviews as well. So that was super fun. Uh, some of the highlights for me, um, so Sony and Media Molecule put on a dream session that was uh, all day on Saturday and the session showcased the features of the upcoming title, um, taking on ideas from the audience and then um, creating those ideas in, in front of people just to sort of demonstrate how quick and easy that was. Um, so other games that have also been created in Dreams were also playable at the session as well. And uh, all, all the sessions are really interesting. It was really comfortable. It kind of had like a lounge type feel in there with beanbags all over the place. And the audience were really, really engaged. So uh, thanks to Sony and Media Molecule for putting on that session. And we've got Dreams um, coming out in uh, early access. I think that's next week. And so, yeah, really exciting time for Dreams. And uh, it's really going to make the tools available for um, kind of budding game developers uh, wanting to make games. So, uh, yeah, if you're interested at all in making games, you should check out Dreams on the PlayStation. It's going to be really, really exciting. Uh, we also had career sessions as well. They were really useful and interesting. Uh, they offered careers advice from everything in terms of marketing your games, how to get into the industry. Uh, there's university courses available and general advice from the experts. Um, there was a particular session that I really enjoyed. It was how to get into voice acting and that was one of my personal favourites. One of my favourite things was stumbling upon kind of unknown games. Uh, so I bumped into this small indie developer called Saif from Orangutan Matter and they're developing a game called Jack. Um, the art style, it caught my eye as I walked past, but I, I was chatting to Saif, the developer, and his passion really, really shone through when I spoke to him. Um, so he works in a really small team. It's a husband and wife uh, team, and uh, he'd recently had a baby as well. So he works in his spare time. Uh, he's got a full-time job, and uh, sort of every spare moment he has, he's working on this game. Uh, but the art, the mechanics, and the polish on the game that's kind of only in development were really, really impressive, and meeting Safe and discovering Jack was a complete personal highlight for me. Uh, I also spoke to members of Chucklefish as well, who've already had a great 2019 with Wargroove. However, there's loads more to come from them this year with the release of Inmost, Pathway, and Time Spinner as well, so that's coming out soon. Other notable highlights for me included speaking to the teams behind Space Cows. It's a fun twin-stick shooter from Happy Corruption. Also, I spoke to Fail Better Games with uh, Sunless Skies, and I was learning about exciting point-and-click adventure games from application systems Heidelberg, including a really, really interesting game called Luna. And uh, I got a chance to speak to the artist of Luna, and uh, that's coming up really soon. So I spoke to developers, artists, PR people, marketing people, and journalists, and it was fantastic to see families together enjoying games and the pure excitement of some of the younger attendees as well. So it gave them a chance to play the games early and perhaps get inspired to get into the games industry. So all in all, it was great fun and thanks to everyone I spoke to. And uh, if you get the chance to visit EGX Res sometime in the future, I completely recommend it. So that's it for my summary for EGX Res. Uh, now we're going to take you to the show floor where I got to catch up with some developers and we're going to talk about games. Right, so welcome back. I'm here with Tom from Media Molecule, and we're here to talk about dreams. Yeah. So it must be a very, very exciting time. Uh, you've, we've got a huge turnout here for dreams yeah. today. Uh, yeah, the weekend's been amazing. We've had uh, demos on uh, on stage. I want to say it's the stage uh, throughout the weekend, where we're demoing all the creation tools like music, animation, design, as well as having playable creations from our beta and our team. Um, and with early access happening in ten days. It it's, must be a busy, a busy time. Yeah, we're busy, <laughs> but we're so excited. Like some of these, yeah. some of the team have been on it for like eight years. Oh, wow. And like to have the game, and like the beta showed us that we're ready. Like the tools are ready to be yeah. used by our players, and that's been the driving force behind early access. To sort of, we know that 
we're going to give these tools to players. They're going to make us yeah. some amazing stuff and, and uh, just help some us. Some of the games out there already are aren't they incredible? Have you played? Have you played any yourself? I haven't got my hands on anything right. yet. I, I need to get myself mm. into the uh, in, into some kind of early access. Yeah, so maybe you can help me. Tom. <laughs> well, in ten days, PlayStation Store. Twenty-four ninety-nine. Oh, you'll have fantastic. access to all the tools. But here at Res, you can play on a bunch of games created by our devs, as well as members of our community. Yep. We had over thirty-five thousand creations made during our beta, which was over a six-week period, Brilliant. which was blew our minds. Yeah. Um, and we've just hand-selected a few made by uh, some of like some of our favourites. Yeah. Uh, throughout there to have on show at shows like here and at PAX. Yeah. And it's been an incredible reception being able to show people what's possible with the tools. So, what was the reception like at uh, PAX recently? Oh, it was amazing. We had uh, we had the same kind of demo we've got here at Res with a bunch of creations, but we also had a stage in the middle of our booth where um, uh, four members of our team, uh, including myself, uh, Abby, John, Bogdan, uh, Catherine, and Peter, uh, were all sort of creating live on stage, just taking audience requests. Oh, brilliant! And that was getting really silly. So we were getting people to suggest like uh, crossovers, like uh, we'd ask people for an animal and a profession. And then our uh, designers, John, Pete, and Cat, uh, would put that together in dreams over like. Sometimes we time them ten minutes to create something. Sometimes we get them a little bit longer. Wow. We had people like uh, short films of uh, lobsters playing football. It's just a really great way of showing off dreams like that. Really quick, like yeah. well, that shows you need something. Obviously, you want to just you want to catch people's eyes, and dreams is perfect for that. Because yeah. like if you look at what's going on on the screen right now, it's some sort of orange glowing lobster in space <laughs> I'm some, I mean even if I wasn't part of the team I'd want to stop by and check what that's about and that was sort of our, our aim at PAX was to sort of draw those in and it works unbelievably yeah. well and chatting to everyone playing the game for the first time uh, some of them had, uh, were part of the beta some of them had never touched dreams before and sort of teaching them about dreams and sort of explaining what our goal is was just the best thing sure so and, and, and you mentioned the speed of creation there. So yeah. I, I hear a lot of stories in the industry about tools and systems to create games, which are it's super hard. So right. um, putting tools out there where you can quick, uh, quickly kind of knock up um, uh, your creation, yeah. it, it, it must be super exciting for you. You know, yeah. remove all the kind of barriers to entry for people and. Uh, you know, help them really sort of realise their vision. Yeah, I mean, Media Molecule has always been a creative studio. It's a little big planet. It was obviously where we started, and Tearaway gave us some player creation as well. Um, and Dreams is sort of Media Molecule like, like expert level. Like mm -hmm. we've gone full full MM on it. But we've like our goal is to inspire and uh, like help those who are interested in game dev. Uh, with game dev mm -hmm. and we really like we think the tools are super accessible we have a bunch of tutorials that are really helping people sort of guide get their get to grips with the controls um, but like importantly it's still a game mm -hmm. so we've made the tools fun to use uh, accessible as I've just mentioned and like just like enjoyable so like we've sort of taken away like those really like complicated terminologies but everything that you'll find in dreams is everything that you'd find in any sort of other engine mm -hmm. uh, it's just uh, a game as well at the same mm. time um, and the, the the speed people have picked it up at i mentioned there's been 35,000 creations in the beta wow. which is six week in a six weeks period some people had less than that some people had that amount that the longest someone had access to the tools was was for six weeks and the things they were doing within the first week was blowing our minds. We had a, a TV in the middle of our studio uh, during the beta where our team would sort of gather around each morning and check out what was being made. And one of my favorite things is even though this team has been working on this game for eight years, like at, like at the most, they're still finding things that amaze them. Mm. We just did um, a music performance at GDC uh, using the tools uh, oh, wow. live on stage, which was great. And the reaction, we did the same at E3 last year as well, the reaction from the team was as if they were seeing something for the first time ever. It's incredible that even though they see this game day in and day out each week, they're still amazed by it. And like the reaction here, like from what the guys are doing uh, at the booth, like it's making like us laugh, it's making our crowd laugh, and I think that's so good. Yeah, like, it's always different every time you look at it. It's really good. So for those who might not know what Dreams is, how would you sum it up in a nutshell? Uh, it's a it's a game, obviously first and foremost, but it's a creation engine. You're able to create games, you're able to create films, you're able to create music, you're able to uh, do art, you're able to concept art, whatever you want to do with our tools. Um, and then at the same time, you're able to explore the creations of us at Media Molecule and our community. So it's a limitless, endless uh, exploration of imagination. Mm. And and once once you've uh, made a creation, can you then, you, what's the process in kind of getting your creation playable for other players? Oh, sure. So uh, Dreams has something called the Dreamiverse which is where we uh, allow you to publish anything that you make. 
to be discoverable by the community. So you'll, you'll work on a game and you'll, once you're happy with it, you can iterate it, you can make different versions, uh, you can publish that and then that'll be viewable. You'll tag it with mm. particular things if you want people to search. So for example, you make a horror game, you want people to know who's the horror fans, they can search that tag and they'll find your creation. You're also able to keep things private. You don't need to publish anything if you don't want to, if you just want to keep it to yourself. By all means, just you don't need to publish it, it's up to you. And it, so it's, it's coming out really soon? Yeah, so Early Access starts on the 16th of April, which oh is 10 days from this moment that me and you are stood here, Tom, uh, which is a weird thing to say, <laughs> saying that out loud in my name. Uh, in 10 days, you'll be able to go to the PlayStation Store, uh, $24.99 in the UK, $30, other prices that all over the place. Um, you're able to go to PlayStation Store, we've announced our regions, and just download it. So I, I know there was uh, there was a bit of talk before um, Dreams was announced about the price point, and it's, it right. seems like a really good, a really kind of um, great price for people to get in yeah. there and kind of just get creating. Yeah, so obviously early access means that we're releasing the game and we're still going to continue working on it, so we want to offer it at a discounted price mm. for those. There's a limited number of spaces in early access, uh, just because we obviously want to be able to like manage and take in feedback. Um, but for twenty four ninety nine, I'm so I'm so happy. With, like that's an incredible. Like the amount of, the amount of creativity and tools in there, it's an incredible value. And and already we've seen a fantastic range of games. You've mm. got racing games. You've got first person shooting games. You've got platform games. Yeah. Sports games. So it really, uh, and n not only the games. While you were talking there, you were talking about kind of works of art. Yes. As well, so. Yes. Yeah, we have a whole gallery. Like, uh, obviously, we've got some incredibly talented artists at MM, and we have something in the beta that you'd be able to explore called the Showcase, and that features a load of uh, like sculptures, uh, paintings. A couple you can see on our key art here, um, and we saw some of our um, community members say that as well. We had a, a community member called Flip Yap, who was creating some astonishing works of art. That was even like uh, it was amazing. Our like our art director Kareem. Uh, with the skills and again this is someone who had never touched the tools mm. I can't stress enough how new these tools were to people in our beta then obviously we had some people who are LBP fans who were used to creation tools but this is a brand new set yeah. and to see some of the works of art that were made I can't imagine I'm so excited especially in my role where I get to look at that kind of stuff each day I can't wait to see where this game goes like in a month in two months we had a lot of people saying during the beta that they wanted to do more but because of the limited time frame, they were they didn't want to like get too involved. Uh, so early access isn't going anywhere. Uh, you'll be able to have as much time, so you'll be able to take some time with your creations. Mm. Um, so yeah, works of art. I'm really excited for people to use it to create concept art for projects. Uh, we had people making trailers for games that they're going to work on during early access. Uh, <laughs> it was it was so good, and even just like interact, even just like interactive interactive experiences. You don't play; you just sort of take in. Or some people were using it to tell stories. Uh, it was unbelievable. It was everything that we wanted and more. So it's a it's a super exciting time. And Tom, mm. thank you very much for thank talking you, to us on this week in video no games. Worries. Always a pleasure to talk to a fellow Tom. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I, I enjoy it very much. <laughs> and well, thank you very much. Thank you, dude. Okay, welcome back to this week in video games. And uh, really exciting. I'm I bumped into Jay from Chucklefish. Hey, Jay. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, really, really good. And. Uh, uh, I, I was really, really impressed by Wargroove oh, earlier you. this year. It's, it's, been, it's been an absolute runaway success. Um, so um, what, what was your role on Wargroove? Um, so I was involved kind of from the very start. Um, I predominantly kind of worked on like art and animation. I mostly do pixel art. Um, dabbled kind of assisting with uh, game, some game design and some of the writing as well. Mm. Um, mostly focused on kind of like character work is kind of what I think I'm, I was mostly involved in, I think. Um, Fantastic, and it's yeah, it's been a huge, a huge success. I'd like to think so. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's definitely like exceeded our expectations. We're definitely super happy with how it's gone down, and like really grateful for like the positive feedback and reception and the fans. Yeah, you know, it's been great. And so, how's um, how's Rest been going for you so far? Um, pretty great. I haven't had too much time to look around. It's pretty busy. Um, so we're here with Chucklefish. Um, we're showing off Wargroove uh, for people who haven't seen it, but we're also showing off some of our kind of published games as well. Um, what else are you showing off? So we've got Inmost, which is um, coming to Switch. It's kind of like a dark, atmospheric, weird, spooky puzzle platformer. It's yeah. very kind of unique, uh, very striking. Um, there's a game called Eastwood, which is like a Zelda-like kind of action-adventure RPG. 
um, in this like zany kind of post-apocalyptic world that also almost comes off like a mother game yeah. you know for Nintendo fans it's got fantastic animation and it's really really interesting fantastic. Uh, there's a game called Pathway uh, by our friends Robotality um, which is if you imagine something like XCOM like a strategy game but it's kind of set in like an Indiana Jones 1930s pulp adventure we're fighting Nazis and recovering ancient artifacts kind of vibe <laughs> so it's pretty great um that's coming out like really soon, actually, on the 11th of April. Um, and Time Spinner, which is a Metroidvania where you play as a woman who can control time, um, and that's got like kind of like a, like a deep story. It's kind of like leans heavily into like a PlayStation One like pixel art aesthetic. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. I'm a huge fan of Metroidvanias, so obviously I'm going to think that. And but they're yeah, ve they're very in right now. They're well. very in right now, and this is maybe one of my favorite ones in the genre. Obviously, I probably biased somewhat, but. <laughs> And um, so Nintendo Switch has been a, a, a hugely successful platform for yeah. Chucklefish. And obviously you've got Inmost coming out soon. Yeah. Um, do, do you have other games coming out on Nintendo Switch as well? Um, I think it's a bit early days. We're, I think we're definitely interested in seeing anything we can make release on the Switch. I think just in general, the Switch is a great platform. Uh, it has a huge fan base, people who are really enthusiastic and... Nintendo do a great job of kind of spotlighting the really quality kind of smaller indies. Um, they just have a, a great storefront and a great kind of, they're just a great platform to be on. And I'm my personally, I'm like a huge diehard Nintendo fan for life, so. Yeah, me too. Um, that's, where I, that's where I started. <laughs> yeah, that's where I started, I probably still am. Um, <laughs> so just for me, I just like, it's just a great experience to make something and then release it on like a Nintendo platform. It's kind of surreal. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I just, that's, that's what I played myself, so I just have an interest in that myself. Fantastic. I mean, obviously you, you make games for a living. Mm -hmm. Do you get much time to play games in your spare time? Uh, not as much as I'd like. I just started Sekiro. It was oh, too wow. hard and I haven't had much time to play it. Tell me about it. Um, How far have you got? I, I got not to like the, very. I got to the ogre guy or the, the giant and he's just been beating me into There's the There's a ground. chain ogre. I beat that guy. Uh, I got a little <laughs> bit further than him. Um, I've been playing Risk of Rain 2, which has been like dominating Steam this last week, okay, which just cool. came out. Um, Chicklefish published the first Risk of Rain game uh, way back in maybe like 2014-15, and yeah. it's a fantastic game, and the new one I am utterly addicted to. Those guys have done a fantastic job. Um, yeah. Brilliant. And, and I mean, it's already been a hugely successful 2019 for Chucklefish, and it sounds like you've got a... A big kind of lineup of games coming out for 2019. <laughs> so, what what does the rest of the year hold for um, yourself and uh, Chucklefish? Um, I'm not sure. There's, there's lots of stuff going on in like a secret stuff behind curtains. I'm sure <laughs> I would say um, lots of stuff in the works. Obviously, the marketing guys are working heavily on helping publish yeah. uh, the games like Inmost and Pathway. Um, really looking forward to Inmost. I, I saw it on a recent um, Nindies yeah. uh, showcase. It looks fantastic. There's nothing. I've never seen any game that looks quite like this. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to go down really well. It plays amazingly as well. It's one that really jumped out at me, and because I I, you know, I tend to um, report on all the Nindies, mm. and I write down the ones that <laughs> um, uh, catch my eye. And Inmost was was the one. Can you can you give us any more information about when that's going to come out? Um. I don't think we have an official deadline. I think the official line is coming 2019. Soon. I think coming soon, yeah. It's in a good place. Um, Brilliant. I think what's interesting about Inmost is it's the kind of game that on a trailer, it almost looks like this is like so, it's almost like cinematic pixel art. And you wonder like, how can this play, like how it looks, but it actually plays great. And I'm seeing, I'm watching someone right now get hooked on it and I've seen people play it the last couple of days. Yeah. Um, so it's- I'm gonna go and join that line right yeah, now. Yeah, you absolutely should check it out. You have to, uh, <laughs> see how you find it yeah yeah well Jay it's been an absolute pleasure I no really worries. appreciate it and uh, well hopefully we'll get you back on this week of video games yeah I'd, uh, love, when, I'd absolutely love to yeah when uh, all of your other plethora of games <laughs> come out this year so I, yeah I wish you all the best uh, and Chucklefish all the best for Thanks 2019 great thank you okay welcome back to this week in video games uh, I'm here with Greg from Happy Corruption Games. Yep, that's great. And uh, we're here to talk about Space Cows. So can you tell us a bit about Space Cows? So uh, Space Cows is an intense twin stick shooter about fighting mutants with a toilet plunger and uh, saving cows <laughs> in zero gravity. <laughs> oh, fantastic. So, no, so what was your inspiration behind the game? Uh, uh, in, in terms of uh, art style, it was uh, cartoons like uh, uh, Cartoon Network cartoons 
uh, cow and chicken, obviously, Wallace and Gromit. Uh, in terms of uh, other games, there was like a, a Gang Beast that you can also see addressed here. Mm. Uh, also physics-based games. At the very beginning, we wanted to even do a, a more like physics puzzles, physics-based puzzles, but it was kind of too slow, so we stick to the to the shooting uh, because it was fun. Well, look, it looks absolutely fantastic. Um, I mean, uh, so why why cows? Oh, that's kind of a mini story because at, at the very beginning, like the, the prototype phase, like a few days prototype, it was about saving uh, uh, fellow astronauts from zombies at the at the uh, space station. But our art director J.K. said, like, "Come on, like zombies are like boring and cliche, so let's do something else." And I'm like, "Okay, what else? What what else?" And he's like, "I don't know. Maybe we should like save like I don't know, like." Uh, cute animals and I was like okay what animals are like you know in space and he's like I don't know like cows I was like cows are the like last able animals for like zero gravity in space there are, there are no space creatures like come on like cows in space space cows oh, oh space cows that sounds good okay let's stick to the space cows cows need saving too so. yeah right and they're like underrepresented uh, animals in the in the games so like they're like well, lots of games about foxes, zero games about cows. Yeah, that's very good. I mean, it, lo it looks fantastic, like I say. What's, what's been the most fun element of creating this game for you? Uh, I think coming up with the, with the uh, characters, also the, the main character, he's called Best Regards, he's a chubby farmer, also underrepresented in, in games. Uh, so, uh, uh, so yeah, I think that the characters in the setting and coming up with the, like, okay, so What's he's going to be like shooting at? Like, I don't know. Maybe he should, he, should, he, should, he should throw like banana. Or, like oh, come on, banana. Like what about toilet plunger? Let's valid weapon, <laughs> right? So yeah, coming up with the with the goofy stuff was uh, was quite fun. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, what what about the hardest thing about the game? What's what's been the most challenging thing? Oh, physics. Physics, right. of course. Yeah. At first it was like okay, you know, we'll add some like physics, and we are doing uh, the game on Unreal Engine, so you know, it's all set. It it all works, and it does at the beginning and then you need to like tweak it and tweak it more and uh, you got it working after a week but then it took you it take you like uh, six months to mm. like makes it actually work and be like playable oh, that's fantastic so you, you mentioned it was developed on the Android engine there. Unreal, Unreal Engine yeah okay, Unreal cool. Engine. So how and when can people get their hands on Space Cows? Uh, we are uh, soon begin the process of, of certification for Nintendo Switch. The game is going to be released on PC and Switch oh, first. So uh, I think it could be May, June, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Brilliant. We'll do the proper like uh, announcement uh, like later, as soon as we get the word from Nintendo. Cool. Um, so how's the event been for you? It's fantastic. I love rest. Like recently, we even thought that maybe for the next project we'll uh, uh, kind of like change strategy for the events. Uh, like maybe we should do like less less of them. Mm. Yeah. So because we are first, we are thinking, okay, so we should go to to, the, to all the paxes. But the, but now we think maybe we should like uh, cool it down. But rest is just for the fun. Even yeah. if even it's not for like like a biz day for all that. It's for the fun. The games here are fantastic, people are fantastic, they know how to play, mm. they enjoy the games, they enjoy indies, so yeah, it's the place to be for indies. Fantastic, definitely. and it's, it's such an exciting time to be involved in indie game development. Um, how do you feel about the scene at the moment? Well, it's, it's uh, one thing is, uh, uh, on the one hand it's like cool because like there's like a lot of indies, a lot of possibilities, like the, a lot of platforms, mm. Switch and all that. On the other hand, it's like a tough market because there's like very, very lot of games and the, 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 um, it's, it's hard to be like found on, on stores and all that. But overall, it's, it's cool. And it's, it's really great to see kind of Nintendo jumping on the bandwagon and um, promoting indie games now through the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Uh, so it's a really exciting time. Yeah, it's, and it's a, it's a great platform for, for indies. It's uh, uh, the, the thing that you always can have the game with you. Uh, uh, one of the guys, uh, 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 Paul, by the way, Greet Paul uh, said that uh, he was at the uh, what event, one event and he was waiting in a line to play some some big game, and it uh, it was taking like like two hours or something, but uh, 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 he had the, the switch, so you know, basically he was playing switch while waiting to play other games. So yeah, yeah. You know, his time was saved. That's fantastic. So I mean. So obviously you um, you develop games um, for a living. Do you get much time to play games in your spare time? 
uh, less and less, but uh, recently, once again, thanks to Switch, <laughs> I'm able to play more and more. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, like on a on a on a train or uh, during like a break at the work. So, yeah. Fantastic. All right. Um. So, Greg, it's been um, fantastic yeah. to meet you, and uh, we look forward to the release of Space Gals coming out hopefully later on this summer. Yeah. Right. So, welcome back. I'm here with Volker from Application System Heidelberg. So, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Um, how's it going? Yeah, it's going well. I mean, we've got a lot of games to show here, uh, mostly narrative games. Right. And uh, we have great response from players, and uh, it's a bit of an adventure for us because we're now uh, also extending um, uh, our reach to uh, the Switch platform. Okay. Um, so, uh, do you want to know the, the games? Please, and run like us through the, the games. Well, yeah, in a yeah. nutshell. Tell us so, all uh, one of the games we have is Nelly Kudelot, The Foul Fleet. It's a comedy point-and-click adventure. It's nautical-themed, so you have wannabe pirate Nelly Kudelot in it. And she is supposed to save a fleet of hypnotized water birds kidnapped by an evil baron. Um, I love it. Yeah, it, it was originally um, meant to be a birthday present for um, Rachel, whose nickname is actually Nelly Kutlot. And uh, Alistair Beckett King is uh, the guy behind it. He's a stand-up comedian from the UK. Okay. And uh, so expect it to be hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the voices in the game are, uh, for example, Tom Baker, off of Doctor Who. And we've got um, the Trillion is uh, voiced by uh, Susan Sheridan. She already died, but she was uh, in the original BBC radio show Trillion in the Hitchhiker's Guide uh, audiobook. Uh, wow. And um, yeah, so it's, it's a great game. Um, it's also nice to play it together with kids because the, yeah. the jokes are kids safe, so the okay. kids will laugh about different things you are laughing about. So can you, can you describe us the game mechanics? It's a traditional point-and-click adventure. It has um, normal logic, so you don't have to combine banana with sponge or something like that. Uh, it's a bit of a comic book logic in it, um, but uh, you know you have to find a chest tail wig for a, a pirate and yeah. um, all that kind of stuff. Oh, it sounds fantastic! And um, Alistair wanted a, a sidekick for Nelly, so that's a bird. Uh, it's a coot, and that is voiced by Tom Baker because he didn't want to have a parrot-like voice, you know. <laughs> so you go like Tom Baker, yeah, the coot, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, and the other the other games are um, Unforeseen Incidents, which is a mystery uh, game. It's inspired by shows like X Files and Lost. Okay. Well, at least we have a real ending to the story, so it's yeah. not like Lost in that so respect. Than Lost. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, so you play like as a Harper. He's like a student and a bit of a nerd. Yeah. Uh, he knows his multi-tool. He can fix stuff, uh, but he's sort of, yeah, he's a bit clueless. Um, he stumbles into this. Um, there's like a virus um, spreading that is deadly and he stumbles into a conspiracy behind it and he finds a journalist and she's already investigating and that pushes you into a story with lots of twists and turns. Um, it's one of the three finalists in the German Computer Game Award. So next week we'll know if we win it in our best game in Germany 2018. Oh, good luck. That yeah. would be great. Yeah. Um, so that is uh, already out for PC, Mac, Linux, um, and it's coming to Switch. Um, I forgot, Nelly is out for PC, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android, and it's all now coming to Switch too. Fantastic. Um, we've got Lamplight City. That is a detect detective game. And it's done by a guy called uh, Francisco Gonzalez. He's based in New York. Um, I he's know doing, yeah, I know yeah, Francisco Gonzalez. He has yeah, quite yeah, some yeah. history. He did uh, adventure games for 10 years now. Yeah. And he played probably all detective games out there. And what he didn't like is that you have to solve a case. So either the game stops or you're like railroaded into the solution. And what he wanted to create is a game where you can also fail. You know, so if you accuse the wrong suspect, it changes the narrative. Say you accuse someone in case one who's not guilty, he goes to prison. And in case three, you need crucial information from the father of that person, you're not likely to get it, right? Mm. 
Um, also, it's your, your decision if you want to be gentle or rough with people when you interrogate. Okay. Um, he got rid of inventory puzzles, so you are focused on detective work, talking to people, collecting your clues, they go into your casebook. Um, you have your objectives in the casebook and you've got your suspects and you can always go back after three days uh, and uh, check where you were, you know, you see it in your casebook and you continue. Um, it's a nice twist on the genre. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. So and you've got a lot of stuff coming out. Yeah, and um, we've got Oxid, it's an action puzzle game, so that's not an adventure, it's a brain teaser game. We originally released it in 1989. Okay. Uh, so it's quite a journey for us to bring it back now. Um, uh, it's going to be on all platforms, and um, it was um, in the, it is in the Mac World Hall of uh, Fame um, and for best brain game 1993. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, and we have like seven or eight hundred levels from back in the day. Fantastic. So that's a good luxury to have. Um, and the last game I wanted to mention is Luna, the Shadow Dust. It's coming out in summer and uh, that's a traditional um, uh, puzzle adventure. Uh, there is no dialogue, um, it's just telling you a story with really nice animations and it's all hand-drawn and uh, beautiful cutscenes. And um, there's also dual character control, so you meet a companion and you can switch roles, you have different abilities and help each other out. Yeah. And yeah, I want to introduce you to Beidi, she's the artist. Let's go. Um, it's a Chinese team of four people. Okay. Uh, but she should probably tell you this. Yeah, fantastic. But, but she knows about it. Well, Volker, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you and it sounds like you're going to have a really busy 2019 with the release of all these games. So I wish you all the very best of luck. Yeah, thank and, you. And uh, let's, let's, let's go and have over. a chat to the artist. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, so I'm here with Beidi um, to talk about the art behind Luna. Um, so, can you tell us a bit about Luna? Uh, yes, Luna the Shadow Dust is a full hand-animated point-and-click adventure puzzle game. It features uh, wordless cinematics and original soundtrack. Uh, we have been working on this game since 2016, wow. and we are aiming to release it this summer. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And uh, what's, what's your inspiration behind Luna? Uh, the story of the, of the Luna was based on one of my student films a long time ago. Oh, wow. Uh, it is a story about a, a man who pilots the moon around wow. the sky, and he's a long-distance relationship with his family. Right. So from that original story, I took some of the element of that world, like the moon, the tower, the companionship between the characters. And also I was inspired hugely by Studio Ghibli's animation yeah. throughout the time. Oh, brilliant. And uh, so and also the uh, mm, very textured uh, puzzle adventure games like uh, Machinerium, yeah. Samurus, those series, I, I'm a big fan of Animator Studios. So uh, combined of all this, uh, we come up with the original story for Luna. Yeah. Then we are a small team. Uh, we only have four people. Uh, we kind of scattered all around the world. I'm okay. based in London. Okay. I do all the art. Our programmer is in Shanghai. Music composer in Canada. So wow. it's a bit of a time zone crossing. It's a really global affair. <laughs> yes, it is. Wonderful. Yep. And um, I mean, what's been the most fun element of creating this game for you, do you think? The fun element? Yeah. Um, let me think. We will say it's fun and challenging as well. Okay. Because we, uh, as a team, we individually have worked in the game industry before. Like our programmer and our uh, project manager, they used to work in Ubisoft China. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, uh, but we never worked together as a team yeah. to create our own game. So we have to go through loads of learning curve. Yeah. We have to pick up things from scratch. Uh, this game was developed in Unity. Okay. So we have to all try to figure out how to use Unity and how to import music, how to import animation together. But it is very rewarding. Yeah. We learn way more things than we expected. Yeah. That's fantastic. And could you tell us a bit about your process for coming up with uh, ideas for games? Do you, do you tend to prototype a lot of ideas or do you kind of focus very heavily on one idea and then run with that? How, how do you go about creating games? Um, if um, story-wise, like four of us, we come with the story together in the very beginning. So the story, the whole structure was written down. Um, 
for the level and the puzzle design, we kind of all throw our ideas together into like a basket. Then um, we don't have like a specific role. Say, okay, you design the puzzle, I will do the art. So everyone contribute uh, into the level design. And so you can see in the game that uh, some puzzles are more logical based, some are more visual based, right. some are like pure music music based. Yeah. So that's that's like the, the teamwork, the result. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. So it must be a very exciting time coming up to launch, but yes. I, I would imagine it's also very busy as well. Yes. <laughs> it's very busy and quite stressful because yeah. we are uh, heading towards the crucial time of release and yeah. we want to make sure that the player don't bump into bugs. Right. And uh, so we are at the moment uh, making some additional sound effect for this game okay. and also doing some debugging for this game. Sure. So hopefully by the summer this year, so Luna will be out. <laughs> well, it's, and and uh, what, what platform is um, Luna going to be available on? Luna going to be available on Steam first. Okay. Uh, it will be available for PC, Mac and Linux. And afterwards, we will try to cover as much platform as possible. We are thinking about doing Switch and uh, doing on uh, mobile, like iOS for iPad and stuff. Mm. Well, fantastic. I, I, well, it's been absolute pleasure to meet you and I wish you all the best for Luna. Thank you very much. It's my okay. pleasure as well. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so welcome back to This Week in Video Games. I'm, I'm just wandering around the uh, indie floor at the minute and I came across this game called Jack, which looks absolutely fantastic. And I'm here with Saif, the creator from Orangutan Games. So welcome, Saif. Oh, welcome. Uh, thanks a lot for saying fantastic. It's really humbling to hear those comments, quite, yeah. quite positive. Uh, just to give you a small sort of nibble about the game, it's uh, as a synopsis, it's really just it's a boy that ventures into a surreal world just to find the meaning of uh, existence in life. So it's a cerebral game with uh, an emotional sort of backbone. Uh, so if you are the type that enjoys journey and uh, puzzle games with a platformer to the physics puzzles, you might really get caught by this one. All of the art is done by hand, so it's pencil art with acrylic background. Uh, we're a team of two, it's a lot of work, but we had heard a lot of positive feedback about the art, so it's really promising. It's an early build we're displaying in EGX Rest today, so lots of rough edges to shave off, but yeah. obviously the feedback from people will be really important to kind of uh, get it sort of sh shaved off and polished. Uh, you can just go on orangutan.com. Uh, if you want to sign up, we have newsletter. So to get feedback from everyone, that'll be really helpful. Thank you. Oh well, it, it looks fantastic, and and uh, you mentioned it's just you and your wife as the team. Just me and my wife. When I have an 11 months <laughs> year old baby, uh, wow. I literally have a full-time job. Uh, I come home and we eat and we have a bit of fun time. And you have time to eat. Uh, yeah, yeah. I eat while I'm working sometimes, but yeah, I got to do that. So I work every night from nine till one, and then I go back to work in the morning. But wow. it's a passion, obviously. And anyone who wants to get into this type of passion gaming yeah. uh, you know, project, you got to work on it and give it everything you got. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so you do all the arts. That you, like when I walk by, um, you you pulled out the. the, the the art and is that all created by yourself? Yeah, so I, I showed a small portfolio of the art we do. Uh, I do the pencil art and my wife does the acrylic backgrounds. Yeah. So it has this very layered sort of textured and organic feel to it that you won't find in a lot of games because it is a world that's tangible and it changes over time because every art piece is different. Yeah. And uh, if you want to inhale all of that in, it's really important to have a consistent sort of uh, art style that changes over time. So it took a lot of iterations and, and sort of research, uh, about six months I think in total, until we kind of approached this sort of style. And uh, we found it really unique, like a lot of people actually also you know, kind of got caught by the style as well. Yeah, so yeah. we're happy to hear that positive feedback. I, it, it caught my eye, I walked by and I, I love the look of the, the physics and the, it's a very, it looks like a very calming and gentle experience, which right. is not not necessarily something you get in a lot of games. And the, the, the way that you described it as a very cerebral 
yeah. and experience it. It it really sounds it really sounds interesting cool, and, and huh? something a little bit unique as well. So yeah, that's cool. I mean, I wouldn't say it's very gentle, like life, and that's what the uh, sort of whole sort of journey of this game is. Yeah, it has its uh, emotional ups and and some emotional downs, some macabre stages as well, which we have uh, sort of staged up for the storyline eventually. So it has a bit of everything. I don't say it's a game for kids totally, okay. but anybody who enjoys art and want to get caught by sort of life, uh, yeah. they will uh, probably enjoy it. And uh, so, so you mentioned um, you're kind of working, so you, you've got a development build here and, yeah. and you're working on a kind of um, fixing up a few bugs and things. That's it. So how and when can people get their hands on Jack? So anyone can sign up on the webpage. We will eventually send links to an early build or early access parts of the game okay. that won't reflect the final vision, but we'll get sort of feedback on uh, are we doing the right thing? Are we following the right direction? So it's an open development approach rather than, you know, it's behind the doors. Yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. important for a small team to get that feedback. So that's how yeah, if anybody wants to get a try, it just you know send us pop us a comment, so oh. we get in touch. So you, you're almost taking a kind of MVP approach, like a product development kind of thing, yeah. where you're putting out an early version, that's gathering it. feedback, and then iterating and changing. That's so, it. And that's, that's, so. and that's really refreshing in game. Like, how how often do we hear stories of games having a 12-month marketing build-up? It's released. It doesn't do great and then they go behind closed doors I again know. for yeah i mean it's frustrating for players it's frustrating experience especially this type of game you want to enjoy the journey of it you don't want to get caught up with small rough edges so we are really sort of finding it valuable to get all that feedback and we want to get people involved eventually yeah. to test it out so yeah for sure that's the approach you want to get so just um uh, give us your website address again Orangutan, the ape, at matter.com, and you might read a bit of the description and you'll know why we named it that way. Okay. Uh, yeah, all right. Fantastic. Well, Saif, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, same here. Thank you so you. much. I, I appreciate I'm, it. I'm really impressed with the game and I'm really impressed with um, the art and the, the, the philosophy and your approach to games. I appreciate as well. it. So it was really humbling to hear that. It, Thank you so much. It's been a, an absolute pleasure. Thank you. And. Uh, Good luck for the game. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Great. So, hi Lucy. Uh, so, we're here at the Fail Better Game Stand to talk about Sunless Skies. Mm -hmm. So, can you tell us a little bit about Sunless Skies? Absolutely, yeah. So, Sunless Skies is a narrative-based role-playing game set in a Victorian reimagining of space. Right, okay. So, if that hasn't scared you off... <laughs> And um, so you mentioned it came out in January. That mm -hmm. must have been quite a quite a busy time for you and, you and the company. It was, yeah. So the game was kickstarted. It was in early access for a little while, and then we fully launched in January. Um, and yeah, it was a it was a super busy time. We've had some great reviews there. We got Essential from Eurogamer. Yeah. Uh, we got a nine out of ten from Edge, Metro, PC Games, and um, ninety from PC Gamer. Wow. You must be um, super happy with that after all the hard work that goes into it, because. I know what it's like. You kind of you, you build up to release. You put it out, and then you like. Yeah, the the atmosphere in the office was very was very tense. But um, as every review came through, it was an absolute yeah. delight to be there. Uh, I think everyone was very chuffed with the four stars from the Guardian, because it means all our parents now understand how good the game is. <laughs> <laughs> and can, can, so, can you describe some of the skies, to, like the game mechanics? Yeah. So. Um, the game mechanics, you have sort of two main methods of, of gameplay. It's super narrative heavy, super story heavy, mm -hmm. um, and the story is intertwined with pretty much every game mechanic, okay. if that makes sense. Um, so you're essentially, um, you're playing as a captain on their first voyage into the skies. London has been lifted into the skies, and people are up there in search of a better quality of life. Wow. Um, you play as a captain and you get to decide what your captain's end game is. Right. Um, so at the moment we have three ambitions for you to choose from. Uh, it's you have fame, which is you know collecting stories, getting your name out there as this grand adventurer through the skies. Uh, wealth, which is collecting money, being able to retire comfortably. 
Um, and third is the truth, which is the trickiest ambition, which is finding essentially the truth of what is going on in the darkness. Fantastic. Um, so it does have some um, eldritchy vibes. Um, Lovecraftian is the, the L word around the office yeah, and that yeah. we're not allowed to say. <laughs> A little bit of steampunk, Emily. It's very uh, gothic horror. Okay. So if you like your sort of gothic horror, narrative heavy, um, story choice heavy kind of game, if that sounds good to you, like yeah. definitely give Summer Skies a go. It looks, it looks really beautiful. It, it, yeah, it, look, it looks very... Uh it's almost like a calming quality to the game. Yeah, it's slower paced um, to other games that you might find on the uh, on the game floor here. Um, it is definitely one to take your time with, mm. to sink several hours into. Um, you know, there's a there is a lot of reading to do. There's a lot of story choices to make. Uh, there's a lot of uh, we really encourage players to role play their way through it. Okay. Um, so the way that sort of stats work in the game um, is instead of saying, oh, um, my captain's going to have you know plus two in, in strength or whatever, mm -hmm. you would instead say, oh, uh, my captain used to be a soldier in their past life and therefore they're good at you know X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, so it is really reading through everything. Um, and the game really um, encourages exploration and taking your time to check you know through every corner. There's four massive worlds for you to, for you to explore through. Um, and we really wanted to encourage players to to explore them by making death a mechanic in the game. Okay. So death isn't the end of everything in Summer Skies. Death is going to happen to a lot of your captains. Your first captain is almost <laughs> certainly going to die. Um, and death, death is embraced and there's content in the game around death yeah. itself. Um, okay. So when you... It's almost like a mechanic you use for teaching the player how to uh, progress. Yeah, so when you do die, um, uh, you get to make a new captain that inherits some of your old captains. Okay. Um, sort of thing so their their ship some of their gold you get bumped down a few levels so it's not um punishment less yep. but it's not the end of the game um it also gives you an opportunity to um come at the world from a different angle so if you had one captain whose ambition was to make a lot of money and they were started in a certain way and they die you may go like oh i wasn't a really big fan of how of, uh, of doing that maybe uh, this new captain can try it from a different angle mm. um, it is really we like to call it legacy because it really is um one captain can't really conquer the skies but maybe a legacy of captains can okay oh, i like it so how how can you mentioned the game was released in january mm -hmm. and you've had fantastic reviews <laughs> um so how can how can people get hold of the game is it available on pc or console or? yeah so it's on pc uh mac and linux at the moment cool. um, you can get it on steam and gog Brilliant. Yeah. Well, Lucy, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you, um, and I, I wish you all the best for the rest of Res. Thank you. And uh, yeah, it was, it was lovely to meet you. And you. Thank you very much. So that was me there at EGX Res this weekend, um, talking to a lot of developers, and thank you once again to everyone I spoke to for taking the time to uh, speak to us on This Week in Video Games. Really, really appreciate it. There's lots of exciting stuff there coming out soon, or already out, um, so do check it out in the show notes. I've put a, a lot of links to um, everything I could there, so uh, yeah, do check that out and enjoy. Right, now, before we get into the news, we've got a new feature on This Week in Video Games, and that's Guess That Game. So I'm going to play a short clip from a video game, and uh, you've got to guess that game. So um, just email us at podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com and send us the name of the game if you can guess what it is. If you give us the specific thing that makes the noise, then you'll get the uh, extra points. So yeah, let's play that noise now. Okay, so if you missed it, here's that noise again. So if you know the game and if you and you've played the game, you'll know that it's a, an absolute legendary sound from that game, so it'll be an easy one for you. But yeah, send in your uh, entries to podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com and uh, next week and uh, in the following weeks we'll read out a few entries. Right, that's it for Guess This Game, let's get into the news. Okay, so first up this week, Mario and Sonic are coming to Tokyo 2020 Olympics. So Sega have announced that Mario and Sonic are going to be supporting the Tokyo Olympic Games in 2020. So we've got four games coming out. There's Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. There's Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Arcade Edition. 
We've got Sonic at the Olympic Games that's coming out on iOS and Android. And also we've got the official video game as well, the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020. So that's, uh, yeah, four games there, really exciting. And I believe that Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games is going to be exclusive on Switch. Um, so we've also got the game coming to arcades in summer 2020, which is fantastic. Um, Sonic's going to be coming to the Olympic Games on mobile devices in summer 2020 as well. And finally, the official game, uh, PS4, Xbox One and PC is coming out in the summer as well. Uh, yeah, so it's not really a surprise that Mario and Sonic's going to be at the Olympic Games as they are in Tokyo next year. And I would imagine that we're going to see uh, maybe our favourite plumber and Blue Hedgehog at the opening ceremony in some capacity next year. I can only imagine how uh, crazy and wacky that opening ceremony is going to be. And uh, yeah, well, you can check out the video um, that uh, Sega posted up on Twitter. Um, go to thisweekinvideogames.com and search Tokyo 2020. Okay, so next up in the news, Skyrim Grandma is going to be added to Elder Scrolls 6 as an NPC. And Skyrim Grandma is going to appear in the new Elder Scrolls game after her YouTube success. So Shirley Curry, affectionately known as Skyrim Grandma, is going to appear in the Elder Scrolls 6. So Shirley's got a huge following on YouTube and is a huge fan of the Elder Scrolls series from Bethesda. So Bethesda announced that Shirley's going to be made into an NPC in the upcoming Elder Scrolls 6. So Shirley describes her feelings after the announcements in a short clip, which you can see on thisweekinvideogames.com. And if you go to about 8 minutes 52, and uh, yeah, search up Skyrim Grandma uh, on the site and you can see that clip. And uh, yeah, Shirley's uh, super happy and super proud. Uh, so congratulations, Shirley. Uh, as a fan of the game, this must be an absolute dream come true. So the next question is, how do I get put into the tower in Destiny 3? <laughs> okay, so next up in the news, Summer Games Done Quick has revealed their games lineup. So the charity-focused gaming event has revealed its games lineup uh, for the summer's event. Uh, so Games Done Quick, it's a speed-running charity event which runs twice a year. So we've got one event in winter and one event in the summer. And this is where the speed-running community get together and play games super fast, have a few laughs and raise a lot of money for charity as well. So we've got Summer Games Done Quick. It runs from June the 23rd until the 30th, 2019. And that's going to be held in Bloomington. Uh, the event's going to be streamed live on Twitch and features some of the best gameplay around. I mean, if you if you haven't seen Games Done Quick before, it, it's amazing. I've spent many an hour watching Kaizo uh, Mario World runs. It's uh, really, really impressive stuff. So the game's lineup's been revealed for this year's SGDQ, and there's a classic speedrunning game such as Super Mario World, Legend of Zelda, and Borderlands 2. We've got Grand Pooh World making um, its first appearance. That's made by Barb for Grand Pooh Bear, um, a really famous speedrunner. We've got Kingdom Hearts 3, Octopath Traveler, uh, that also makes the list as well, so there's a few new additions in there. So there's something in here for everyone, and if you've not watched one of these events before, then I thoroughly recommend checking it out. So last year's Summer Games Done Quick raised over $2 million, and Awesome Games Done Quick raised $2.3 million in January 2019. So yeah, you can check out that event on June 23rd until the 30th, 2019, and that's going to be streamed live over on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv forward slash games done quick. Okay, so next up, Borderlands 3 is set for a September release. So earlier this week, I think it was on April Fool's Day, Gearbox uh, tweeted out a potential release date for Borderlands 3 and then subsequently uh, deleted it. Uh, so they. The official Borderlands 3 Twitter account uh, tweeted, Mayhem is coming September 13th, pre-order now for that gold weapon skins pack. And then that was subsequently deleted after that. But um, since then, we've had confirmation that the game is coming out on September 13th, and also it's going to be an exclusive in the Epic Games Store. Uh, so Randy Pitchford, um, he was talking on Twitter, so he was saying, we're happy to shop around in different stores, exclusives are fine, when they come with advantages and they are short, for example, six months. So Randy said uh, they also had a very keen interest in cross-platform play and Epic's leadership with cross-platform support is also helpful to our interests. So later on in the week, Randy got up on stage and uh, he was promoting Borderlands 3 and they played a trailer. I understand there was a few technical issues at the event with the trailer. 
Randy filled in and kind of did this kind of slightly strange uh, magic show. Uh, but I know the Borderlands community is super excited for Borderlands 3, so we've got another huge loot issuer coming out in September. It's going to be super exciting. And there has been a little bit of backlash um, from the Epic Game Store's exclusivity deal. Epic, they've got, they've got deep pockets and they're doing everything they can to get everyone over from Steam to the Epic Game Store. I think Borderlands 3 is uh, the biggest title they've had to date as an exclusive title on the Epic Game Store, so we'll see how that one pans out. But really exciting. We've got Borderlands 3. We've been talking about it for a number of years. Um, finally, it's got a release date, and it's coming this September. So, yeah, that's super exciting news. Okay, so next up, we've got the NBA Jam announcer has been announced as a pre-order bonus for Rage 2. So Bethesda have announced a pretty fun pre-order bonus for Rage 2 on their YouTube channel. If you pre-order Rage 2, you'll be able to add Tim Kitzrow to the game. So he's famous for his NBA Jam, he's on fire, announcements and uh, narration. So, yep, he's going to narrate the action, much like he did in the 90s smash hit NBA Jam. And yeah, the Rage series is known for its over-the-top action. And Tim's voice is just going to add to the whole package. And I think I read earlier this week as well as another pre-order bonus. We've got Danny Dyer, famed for his uh, the pub landlord in EastEnders here in the UK. Um, he's going to be narrating the game as well, which sounds absolutely crazy. So it looks like Rage 2 is having a little bit of fun with its pre-order bonuses. And uh, we're all up for that. Okay, so finally in the news this week, we've got a new map for Black Ops 4 Blackout. So Call of Duty Black Ops 4 has added a new map to Blackout and it's also announced it's free to play throughout April. So we've got a whole host of updates which have been added to Call of Duty Black Ops 4 and primarily among them has come this, these exciting updates to Blackout. So the Battle Royale mode's got a new map and it's also going to be free from the 2nd of April until the 30th of April. So if you haven't jumped in yet, um, it's really now it's a good time to give it a go. So the new map is named Alcatraz, uh, obviously inspired by the island prison in San Francisco. Uh, but Alcatraz is much smaller than the first Blackout map and the action is going to take place in and out of the prison, leading to some close quarters play. So Alcatraz is coming out on PlayStation 4 and that was out on April the 2nd and um, it's following on shortly after on PC and Xbox One. Uh, and there's also a whole bunch of updates been added to the game. Uh, which you can see on thisweekinvideogames.com. Uh, just go to the site and search Alcatraz and uh, you can see a full list of updates that have come to Blackout. So I've seen a few comments on, on uh, Reddit about the new map uh, being much, much smaller and uh, the actual time to get back into the action is much quicker as well. So it's, it's really interesting. Um, obviously in the face of a new Battle Royale with Apex Legends, it looks like Call of Duty are making some changes and maybe these changes are kind of going a little bit, um, they're kind of rewinding a little bit back to a more traditional kind of PvP. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with Blackout. You know, is it going to stay um, as a kind of extension on um, Black Ops in particular? You know, what are, they, what are Call of Duty going to do this year when they release their new game, which I assume is coming out in November? Are they going to kind of branch off Blackout into its own thing? Uh, will it go free to play? So there's a lot of questions there, but it looks like Call of Duty are experimenting uh, with Blackout and adding uh, new modes and switching up the gameplay a bit. So yeah, let's keep an eye on that one. So that's it for the news this week. Next up, let's have a look at the charts. Okay, so the all-platform charts this week. At number 10, we've got Forza Horizon 4, which is down two places from number 8. And at number 9... We've got a new entry, that's Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered. Uh, number 8, down 1 from 7, we've got the Lego Movie 2, the video game. And then at number 7, down 2 places, we've got Red Dead Redemption 2. Up 3 places from 9 to 6, we've got Far Cry New Dawn. And up 1 place from 6 to 5, we've got Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Then down 1 place from 3 to 4, we've got FIFA 19. And down two places, last week's number one, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. That's down from number one to number three. Uh, holding steady there at number two, we've got Tom Clancy's The Division 2. And then new in at number one, we've got Yoshi's Crafted World. Great opening week there for Yoshi's Crafted World. And uh, it looks like The Division 2 is holding steady there at number two. 
Um, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice seems to be falling down the charts a little bit, but we've still got our mainstays in the top 10 of FIFA 19, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and Red Dead Redemption 2 as well. I think they're probably going to be in top 10 maybe all year. <laughs> and uh, yeah, because they've been in the top 10 ever since we've been doing the podcast. So yeah, interesting stuff. Congratulations to Nintendo uh, for getting the, this week's new number one. Okay, that's it for the charts this week. Let's have a look at what's coming up next week. Okay, so coming up next week, we've got Bendy and the Ink Machine. That's coming out on April the 9th. That's for PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, we've got Dangerous Driving. That's coming out on PC, PS4 and Xbox One as well. That's also on April the 9th. And we've got Falcon Age, that's coming out on PSVR, that's April the 9th as well. And then we've got Hearthstone, Rise of the Shadows, that's coming out on PC, also on April 9th. Uh, we've got Shovel Knight Showdown, that's coming out on PC, PS4, Xbox One and Nintendo Switch as well. So that's a full house there for Shovel Knight Showdown. And we've got Shovel Knight Treasure Trove, that's coming out on PS4 and Nintendo Switch. That's the final one coming out on April the 9th. Then we've got Vaporum coming out on PS4 and Xbox One. That's on April the 10th. And Vaporum is also coming out on Nintendo Switch. That's on April the 11th, just one day later. Finally, we've got Weedcraft Inc. Uh, coming out on PC. That's also on April the 11th. Well, that's it for this week in video games today don't forget to get in touch about anything you've heard on the show and if you like what you hear do subscribe and leave us a nice review on itunes it really helps us get the word out about the podcast and uh, yeah i can't thank you all enough for listening and uh, hanging out with me and chatting video games every weekend uh, so coming up next week uh, we're going to take a little bit of a deeper dive into looter shooter games where we have a look at the evolution of the genre uh, which is going to be really interesting. The looter shooter genre is its a series of games that have provided me some of my best memory in um, modern gaming. And uh, there's so many interesting stories to tell in terms of how these games get made, um, the audience reaction to these games, um, the massive online multiplayer components of these games, and uh, the ongoing support in a kind of live service model. So they've really shaken up how we play games and having a look at the evolution of these games uh, should be super interesting. So if you like looter shooter games, uh, let me know. Um, send in your questions, your comments and your video game stories to podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com and it would be great to uh, do a little Q&A with you and uh, yeah, let me know what you think about your favourite looter shooter game. Do you like Anthem? Do you like Destiny, Warframe or The Division? And uh, yeah, let me know. It would be great to hear from you. So we're always looking for input on the show and uh, do contact us on podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com or get in touch via Twitter, Facebook, Instagram or YouTube. Search This Week in Video Games everywhere and do get involved. I hope you have a great week and we'll get together again to chat about video games next weekend. Until then, I'll see you soon.